In our search for meaning and purpose, where do we find our value? In our work? In our things? In our pleasure? Join us as we go through Chasing the Wind, our current sermon series, and discover what the book Ecclesiastes has to say about having the proper perspective about our lives. Welcome to Riverbank Community Church. For those of you who are tuned in, I'm Pastor Travis, the Associate Pastor here at Riverbank Community Church, and I just want to thank you for joining us today for our online gathering. We have been in a series called Chasing the Wind, and it's actually a series that's going through the book of Ecclesiastes. And last week, we had Mike join us and share, and, and this week, I'm, I'm going to have the opportunity to share. And we'll be doing this series for the next few weeks, and I'd love for you to just be here more than just today, but throughout the weeks, because it's a continuing theme of chasing the wind, which is having us question, what, what's the purpose of life? Why am I here? Why does God have me here? And we'd love for you to join us in this. Now, I want to take us through um, chapter 2, a portion of chapter 2, but I also want us to ask this question as we go through our verses today. The question for today is, where's the foundation of our life? Where is the foundation of our life? Everyone's life is built by different things. We have family, we have friends, we have relationships, we might have a husband or wife, we have our profession, we have our favorite and least favorite things. We have things that are pillars in our life. But how often do we ask the question, what's the foundation of our life? What do you focus on the most? What would you do if some of those things were absent or weren't as comfortable or as enjoyable as they once were? Again, let's ask this question, where is the foundation of our life? And with that question, I want us to look through Ecclesiastes 2 verses 1 through 11. Join me as we read this passage together. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasures to find out what is good. But that has also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly. My mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves and flourishing trees. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired my male and female singers in a harem as well. The delights of man's heart I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing by my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. Chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. Join me in prayer for this passage today. Dear Lord, I ask that you will come upon us as we are joined here, all of us in our homes, uh, maybe not even this minute, maybe not on this Sunday watching this gathering. I ask as I look through these passages, as we, as we go through these passages together, it will be you speaking, and it will not be me. 
ask in this time that you will bring us a little closer to who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever done something that was a complete waste of time? Have you ever spent hours on something and after you maybe finished it, after you couldn't finish it, you just realized that was a waste of my time? I can think back several months ago that I decided that I'm going to change the outlets in my kitchen. For those of you who don't know, I'm, I, I, we bought a house that needs some fixing up. Um, nothing major, just mostly cosmetic. But the house has had the same outlets for probably at least 20 years. And I decided, you know what, we want to put our kitchen outlets up to code. So I got the safety outlets, the ones that could be at a certain distance to, to the sink. It's got a little, like, little off switch in there if something ever goes wrong. And I thought this will take me 45 minutes an hour because all I have to do is I, I, I know where to put the wires. I know how it's going to work. And I had changed outlets in our house before. And it took a little, it already was taking a little longer because they weren't quite fitting. And then I realized that there were some outlets in the house that they weren't designed the way they, they looked. And they weren't designed probably the way they should have been. And I spent all this time on it thinking, all right, well, as long as I finish it, it's going to be fine. And instead of it being one hour, it was four or five hours. And then I turned on the power and I tested everything and not one worked. And my wife said, maybe, maybe you should do this later. And I remember just yelling at the outlet. Like, this should have worked. This should have worked. And I was so mad and stressed. Tears were coming from my eyes because I was so mad that it was such a waste of time. I'd wasted the entire day. Have you ever felt like that? That was just a waste of time. That every, every sweat, every sore... All the, all the energy that took from your brain was just, that was a waste of my time. King of Solomon is going over things that were a waste of time. Things that he wished that he had known more about. He wished that he had had the right perspective. Because he wrote this, he wrote Ecclesiastes in an old age and he's reflecting in his youth. Well, let's, let's dive back in into the verses. This is uh, the beginning of chapter 2. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasures to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. What does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly. My mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. You see, Solomon was was f trying to find what would bring him understanding of life. Why, why do we live on this earth if not to enjoy things? And so he was looking at what was good and what brought him laughter, what brought him joy. And it, it wasn't giving him the complete understanding. So he went even more into even drinking wine and making sure he had probably the best kind of wine or, or, or embracing folly, doing the, the craziest kind of things. But he, 
he wasn't finding that he understood life. He wasn't finding that he was finding understanding of why he was here. We should ask our question, where do we find understanding? Where do we find understanding in this life? Do we find understanding in what brings us joy? Do we find understanding of, of, of what we do and what we accomplish, what we enjoy? Where do we find our understanding in this world? Where do we find our understanding of why we were created? As Solomon was continued to look for understanding, he could not find it. He even said that in, in trying to find this, he, he found that that laughter became madness because he didn't know what he was finding laughter about. I wonder where we are in this question of finding understanding in this life. I wonder how often we find ourselves just falling short of understanding and wondering what's next? What am I supposed to do with my time now? Throughout this passage, then Solomon goes in the continue of his understanding, but not only his understanding, but his purpose. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and harem as well. The delights of a man's heart, I, be I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. And all this, my wisdom, stayed with me. Solomon was the most accomplished, rich, wise, famous king of all Jerusalem. Anything that he set his mind to, he accomplished. And, and, and still, to, still to this day, he's considered the wisest king. And he goes into all the details of all the houses he built, the kingdom that he built, the fact that not only was his right here is like his his castle maybe his mansion was great but the entire kingdom the entire country was flourishing all sorts of trees of produce were provided and they were flourishing there was more silver and gold than there ever had been again he had accomplished more than any king of jerusalem and he still was wanting more he still had not found what he needed. He still did not have the stability that he wanted for his mind and his heart. And what was hard for Solomon is his wisdom stayed with him. He continued to search and he continued to knew and know that this is not what I want. This is not what I need. And he continued to search Where do we find our purpose? At this point, Solomon was trying to find his purpose in his accomplishments, in the labor, in his job, his job as king. And he was falling short. He still was not finding purpose. Where do we answer this question? Where do we find purpose? Do we find purpose as a parent? As a professional? Do we find purpose as a husband, as a wife? Do we find our purpose as a friend? Do we find our purpose as being the funniest person in the room, the most accomplished person in the room? Where do we find our purpose? 
I'm hoping that we aren't asking the same question and coming to the same results as Solomon. Because he had all these things. He could ask for anything. Not only did he have silver and gold, but then he surrounded his life with beauty. He surrounded his life with, with these beautiful and magnificent singers. And surrounded himself with this art and this beauty. And then it even goes on farther to saying that of physical pleasure, a harem, the delights of a man's heart, which, let me be clear, this is not a good thing, but Solomon had surrounded himself. It says that he had a thousand wives and girlfriends. Whatever Solomon wanted, he reached out for and he grabbed. And he still was not finding purpose. How many of us, no matter our success, still don't feel like we have purpose? How many of us, despite being surrounded by relationships, maybe they're healthy relationships, maybe they're just a magnitude of unhealthy relationships, surrounding ourselves with, with pleasures, surrounding ourselves with enjoyment, surrounding ourselves with success, and we're still not finding purpose. We continue in this passage, and he says, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward of my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind, nothing was gained under the sun. As our series is called Chasing After the Wind. He had nothing. The most accomplished, rich, wise, even pleasured all, all kinds of things, says it was meaningless and he had nothing. Do we find ourselves surrounded by nothing? Do we find ourselves surrounded by nothing? No matter how successful we are, no matter how other people see us, that other people say, wow, you've got everything. Wow, you seem happy. Wow, look at your family. Wow, look at your job. Oh, wow, I just, I wish I had your life. But do we find ourselves surrounded by nothing? This is a hard question. I hope we ask it, but I hope asking it can bring us closer to the Lord, closer for closure maybe. The book of Ecclesiastes is not a happy book. It, it's actually a warning for our lives. Solomon is warning the people of Israel. Solomon is warning us right now by when we're reading it. But I wanted to take us to another passage, and it's actually in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. And I think this passage really fits to the other side of purpose, the other side of understanding why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not know what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck the house, but could not shake it because it was built. It was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house 
on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. This passage is about the foundation of building our life. And although Solomon was a very wise man, and he knew how to build a house, I'm not sure he knew how to build a life. This brings us back to the question, where is the foundation of our life? It's interesting that this passage talks about the foundation in the storms. When you're building a foundation for your life, the storm might not even be as rocky as you would expect to knock down your life. It might be a breeze. It might be one raindrop. Because the foundation of our life must be built on Christ, must be built on the God who created us and loved us and lived for us. Although Solomon had been brought in the king of Israel and, and he had prayed with God, he knew God. At some point, he started building his foundation on worldly wisdom. He started building his foundation on what his eyes wanted and not what he should have been seeking with the Lord, having a heart after God's own heart like his father had. Solomon didn't build a foundation for his life. Where's our foundation? Is our foundation built on Christ where our family is a blessing that God's given us? Is our foundation built on God where our profession is just something that, that brings us joy and we find our purpose in who God created us to be in that job? Who God created us to be as a husband and wife? Who God created us to be as a friend, as a father, as a mother? Or are we just seeking more and more and more and never being filled and never feeling stable enough and thinking, I need more? How's the foundation of your life? Where is the foundation of our life? And where is it? What, what is it built on? I hope as you ask that question today, you either are answering in the sense of, yes, I know where my foundation is built on, or you're recognizing who you need to build it on today. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Please don't hesitate to call one of the pastors. Let's, let's pray and close this, this uh, gathering together. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I ask that we will all build our foundation on you. That we all find the understanding of our life and the purpose of our life in you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.